This week, we're reading Emperor Mage by Tamora Pierce, otherwise known as Dinosaurs and Dumb Birds. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine Season 2, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines of any genre. (laughs) Because that's what we do now. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. This is a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a a warning to our readers, though, is we had intended to do all of the books in the Immortal series, and we just no, no. <laughs> we decided we're going to end on a good note. Yeah, in the realms of the gods is the fourth book. If you want to read it, that's where the romance really shapes up. But we're not going to do that. No, I don't want romance between an old man and a young woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so we're going to pretend that this whole series ends at Emperor Mage. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. I feel like you kind of get an end in this. Like, I even started reading the, the fourth one, and I'm, like, confused why. <laughs> it's, I think it's just to give you Dane's backstory mm. with her family. Yeah. And then, obviously, their relationship. Yeah. I am good without both of those. <laughs> yep. I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Emperor Mage. Emperor Mage. <laughs> Dane is 15 and on her way to Karthak as part of a Tortalan peace delegation. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they're immediately like, Dane, just like, don't talk to anyone. Shut up and sit in the corner, Dane. <laughs> yeah. Don't do anything weird, Dane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dane. <laughs> Which honestly, like, frankly, after her little, like, um, bitch out in the middle of dinner in Wolf Speaker, like, that's a fair assessment to make. <laughs> All of the other characters acted fair realistic to having a 15-year-old attached to their delegation, which she's going, which this seems plausible and makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's rumblings of war in the background for the last two books. They have settled on peace, kind of, but the emperor of Karthak has an obsession with birds. I love this. Uh, too. <laughs> like, what a weird, like, character quirk. <laughs> it was, yeah. Little birds are sick, though. Mm-hmm. And no one's been able to heal them. And so that's why Dana's tagging along as, like, a, I don't know, a... Like, goodwill measure? Yeah. To help save the birds. That feels right. Good measure. Yeah. And she's kind of like, sure. I'm just here for the Animals. birds. <laughs> And the badger appears because the badger always appears at least two or three times throughout each of these books. And he gives her a gift on the boat. Except and- isn't he like big mad at first? Yeah. He's, he's like, like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, you belong in the land of pine trees. Yeah. Like, what are you doing in basically Egypt? <laughs> I immediately thought of Dumbledore when he's like, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Like, that's basically what the badger does to Dane. He's like, what the fuck are you here, Dane? <laughs> yeah. He's. He's just angry. angry for no yeah. reason. Exactly. <laughs> and he like breathes into her and gives her this thing, like a gift, and she's not sure what it is. Yeah. Is that someone gives her some kind of funky something? Yeah. Is it the badger? Well, the badger gives her something, and then there's something else that happens later too. And it's just kind of fuzzy. Yeah. She's not even sure what's happening. That okay, yeah. Yeah. Gets something and yelled at, but then also like, nah. Dane. <laughs> it's just Dane. Yeah. They are on like their little boat entering mm-hmm. Karthak and then this river barge comes out to meet them and the way they describe the man sitting on this boy, <laughs> sitting on this barge, very Egyptian-esque. Yeah. With the little scepter and the little hat. And- I got 100% Egypt vibes, uh, but I just love the fact that they're surrounded by animals and everyone is very disturbed. Yeah. Okay. So all the animals in Karthak come out to like the coastline to greet this incoming Tortalan delegation. Like, and everyone is like, what the fuck is happening? Because yeah. <laughs> like you have like cats next to dog, next to rats, next to birds. And everybody's just like eerily quiet and just like watching. And they're like, this is kind of scary very <laughs> and it's like hi friend <laughs> yeah they're just like woo Dane's here <laughs> have you seen Enchanted uh, with Amy Adams yeah. it's a Disney movie mm-hmm. that's what I pictured her talking to all the rats like as she's cleaning the apartment yeah I got that impression too because yeah. rats are like a big thing in this book which I no <laughs> no uh-uh. <laughs> yeah but they get on the river barge it's the prince like the heir apparent to mm-hmm. the emperor and he's like very shiny Lots of gemstones and like... Yeah, because isn't he like brushed in gold or some shit? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> also, another movie reference here, 300, yeah. the, the Persian prince. Yeah. Persian, yeah. 100% what I got, just like eyeliner, excessively gaudy. Gold paint, <laughs> jewelry, nose ring, everything. Yeah. And then like, you're a little flashy for my taste, but it's okay. This is kind of weird. <laughs> and like he does his official greetings. The entire like Tortalan delegation gets on the welcoming boat and then they make their way down the river. And Dane is like standing next to the prince and they're talking about crocodiles. Mm-hmm. Prince is like, crocodiles are mean and scary. They'll eat you. And she's like, but they're friends. They're just lizards. I just love that she like talks to the crocodiles to like verify this. And they're like, I'm just hanging out. Like, please don't fucking talk to me. Like, it's it's kind of cold. I'm just like sunbathing right now. Like, leave me the fuck alone. But if you jump in this water, I'm absolutely going to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they basically tell her, like, don't dis- don't get in the water. Don't get in the water. <laughs> also, your friend is right. We will eat him. Yeah. I just like that they're like, yeah, this is who I am. I've never related to an animal more. <laughs> like, I can't change who I am. I'm just hanging out. But like, as they're talking about these crocodiles there's another boat going by and dane sees this kid running after an animal the animal falls overboard and starts drowning uh, and so little baby monkey she jumps overboard <laughs> into the river with the crocodiles and all of the adults in the delegation are like jesus christ this is exactly what we were talking about <laughs> dane <laughs> so she rescues the little marmot monkey thing mm-hmm. new mare's magical fire lifts her out of the river and she's on the boat and yeah, yeah. and she has a new monkey friend yeah named Zek. Oh, I was going to say Fez, and that's not right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I also think it's funny that I have read two books back to back now that feature falling into a river full of crocodiles. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> the, yeah, your pick of the week. Oh, it should be for this. Oh, spoiler. Mm. Um, my book is about a woman falling <laughs> into a river. It in the past. <laughs> uh, weird. Like, my brain is not comprehending this NASCAR racetrack of time. We haven't been able to get it right in a year, so it's fine. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but you have that to look forward to. Crocodiles. But in a different, not a different setting. It's, it's, it's the really same. Egypt. It's the yeah. same setting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, she has a pet monkey now who is, like, scared of everything, but also kind of, like, immediately wants to fight people. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, hiding in her hair, but <laughs> also peeks out to be like, fuck you. <laughs> impression i got <laughs> it's like you are so small to be like fighting people yeah it's adorable <sighs> i feel that though yeah uh so they land on the river um they go to their quarters and then they go to their first official banquet with the emperor oh yeah and this is where they get to meet numer's ex-girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> this is so yako it, yeah because she immediately is like i'm gonna continue being your whore and he's like i'm down with that and then they wander off and dana's like I don't like her. She's like, who's this bitch? (laughs) What is happening? Well, it was also kind of uncomfy because she's like, oh, this woman has more curves than I do. And then it's like, it's like, girl, you're 15. Yeah. But like, that's the age where you start like noticing that. Yeah. But I also like didn't love that this like girl is just like doing whatever she's doing and like she's an adult she can make whatever sexual decision she wants to but dane is immediately like this whore it's like we don't need to pin women against there's women. a lot of possessiveness with new mare going on in this book yeah it's, it's like, just like you don't have to call her shallow because she like hosts dinner like that's that's her job she's a mage like this <laughs> yeah. is what she gets paid to do yeah. and she's pretty like yeah. oh what a crime <laughs> <laughs> you can't be pretty <laughs> Uh, yeah, didn't love that, but I understand. Yeah. But I did not love. And that persists throughout the book. It's just a reoccurring theme. Dane, Numer's ex-girlfriend. It's great. And then we get the weird, like, emperor thing that happens in this where he, like, duplicates his body and then he, like, sneaks up on Dane and he's like, hey, my birds. And she's like, why are you in two places at once? (laughs) I thought that was kind of well done, though, because, like, they describe the initial meeting where they do the formal greeting she bows meets the emperor who's like very much like the prince covered in gold paint very formal (laughs) like gold (laughs) welcome to my kingdom little human (laughs) (laughs) hello but later on she's like sitting on a bench by herself because she's like obviously in that in-between phase where she's like i'm just here for the birds and everyone else is doing important things (laughs) just hanging out (laughs) and then like her little dragon friend kit who's also like persistent throughout these books starts tripping yeah, she's like, there's something here. <laughs> okay, so the dragon can detect when magic is being used. And so she's like, there's an invisible man right here. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting some weird vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the emperor appears. Yeah, like straight up, like, 
Hi, hi, 15-year-old girl. I yeah, It's not creepy at all if you come off by yourself with me. Yeah, because he's literally like, do you want to go see the birds now? And she's like, this was like yeah, a white sure. van moment. <laughs> and Dane hopped in. No, did not tell anyone where she was going. Well, she's like, she's like, I'll just I leave a note. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I think we should tell someone where I'm going. And he summons a servant to the Duke that I'm taking Dane to the bird sanctuary. And yeah, that's that letter's going to get to the Duke. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. And she just walks off and then they meet the birds. And she heals the birds like right away. Immediately. Yeah. I was very confused by this. I'm like, so were they not sick? Are they going to be poisoned again? Or like, what's going on? <sighs> so you don't know. Like they just, she makes them better and it's fine. I love at the end of this when she finds out why they're sick. Because as a dog mom, it is so fucking like I have been there. Yeah. Very <laughs> relatable. Oh yeah. my. And you're like, this she is just. Should we talk about it? It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Let's save it towards the end because That's I think fair. it is it is worth noting because as a reader, like you're both let down and be like, oh, that actually makes total sense. <laughs> like I've I've been here. <laughs> so keep that in your pocket. There's a stupid reason. It is so dumb. <laughs> there is no grand plot device with these no. You think that, oh, maybe they're being poisoned on purpose? Uh-huh. No, maybe That's the Emperor's doing it to like, yeah. get Dane. Nope. 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 Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dane goes back to her room and she almost brings her tiger carpet to life. Yeah. Because that's her new magical power. This book mm-hmm. is bringing dead things to life. Did not like this. This was weird. Can you imagine a carpet <laughs> just getting up? Because <laughs> so that's what I was wondering. Is it like, would it stay flat? And then it just like, you know, like puffs um, up magic like- carpet from Aladdin where he like walks on his four little like dingly things, but he's just flat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know either because I don't like that. I like that less. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. Because like where are his insides? They're not there. Because he's a carpet. He's been a carpet for a while. <laughs> and then there's like the mysterious servant woman who's cleaning Dane's room, but she is clearly not a servant. Yeah. That was sus to me because I thought that she was like an assassin or something. She was not. She um, was just cleaning, just checking on Dane. Yep. And she's like a little bit snarky the whole time. And you're like, that's kind of surprising for a emperor who like cuts the tongues off of, you know, the slaves that work in his yeah. like inner Slaves. There are slaves everywhere. I'm like, no servants, <laughs> just slaves. And- also don't love that because like it, there's no broader conversation about, mm. you know, slavery. <laughs> so in the in the beginning on the boat, before they like cross over to the river barge, the Duke who's leading the Tortalan delegation, he's like, okay, so they have slaves here and, you know, um, we're just not going to comment on what they do in their own country because it's their right. And we're like, this is not the kind of message we want to send. (sighs) That gives me such, like, American politics vibes Mm. of, like, we're just going to meet with these, like, horrible mass murderer dictators and, like, don't comment on it. We have other agendas we're trying to fulfill. And it's like, no, I think you need to maybe talk about the more crimes. <laughs> maybe. And everyone's okay with it. They're like, yeah, okay, well, we don't like it, but, you know, we're here for a different purpose. It's like, bruh. Like, not, not good. <laughs> no. So, yeah. She meets a servant and then she, like, meets up with the prince. What's his What's his name? I could not tell you. It starts with a K. Chris? Oh, God, yeah. Chris. <laughs> it's definitely not Chris, but he's going to be Prince Chris for the rest of the Chris. For the rest of the book. <laughs> and he's, like, being forced to, like, shepherd the delegation around and do all, like, the touristy shit mm-hmm. in the city. Mm-hmm. So he and Dane pair off. And he's like, let's go check out the menagerie and I'll show you some cool stuff. And this was, I thought, a nice touch because he takes her to the menagerie and she's prepared to see animals in cages. And it's actually, like modern zoo like habitats and mm-hmm. nice enclosures and stuff yeah and so dane makes the internal comment like oh well it took years for like tortal to like get on this game and we're still trying to get better meanwhile ozorn emperor evil mage is like treating all his animals really well but still has slaves but still has slaves <laughs> it's okay because he loves he loves animals so ah, yeah he balances out <laughs> redemption <laughs> yeah so there's the menagerie and then mm-hmm. they, they see they have an immortal menagerie did not like this part yeah the storm uh can we talk about the like killer unicorns yeah. <laughs> uh, what? They disappeared. <laughs> unicorns appeared in this book. They did not. Because they just like gloss over it. She's like, wow, they have a lot of animals. They have these and these and these and killer unicorns and these. And I was like, can we back up? Uh-huh. <laughs> Why are they killer unicorns? So apparently they're just like evil uh, killer unicorns in this world. Like, what does she have against 
unicorns. I don't know. And the winged horses are also evil, the Hurrocks. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, what you got against horses? But you liked horses in the first book. Uh-huh. I don't know. The, yeah. All the immortal creatures are like actually caged up and mm-hmm. they're not getting food because they're immortal. So it's really bad. And then they have the Stormwing king and queen. Yeah. And they're an actual ruler and they're just chilling in a cage. Yeah. And it's important because um, some people think that they are not alive, but they are. And it was apparently the part of the deal so that the Stormwings would like put in their lot with the emperor. Yeah. Like there's a peace with the Stormwings and... Mm-hmm. And, and the Karthaki Emperor or something like that. Yep. And then they also get a tour of the Hall of Bones. Dinosaurs! There are fucking dinosaurs <laughs> in this book. So it is just like our dinosaurs. The Hall of fucking Bones. Just dinosaur replicas everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the Pacific Science Center? Yes. It's in Seattle. They have like all those like... The animatronic dinosaurs? Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what I imagined, even though they obviously don't have, you know, robot dinosaurs. But that's what I imagined. Yeah, pretty much. Some little exhibits like... Have you seen, like, actual dinosaur, like, bone exhibits? I think so, but for some reason I feel like I've only seen the robot ones. They're really cool and also terrifying. I, yeah. I think it's um, the Natural History Museum in Chicago. They have Sue, the T-Rex. Oh, um, terrifying if you think of something that big existing ever Mm-mm. on this planet. But yeah, because mm-hmm. that's how I felt when I went to the Natural History Museum in D.C., mm-hmm. the like big one, because they have all those animals, the like stuffed. Or oh, whatever. yeah. I didn't know elephants were that big. So I can only imagine dinosaurs. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> mammoths here, too, in the Hall of Bones. Yeah. Yeah. So Dates, like, these are, I've never seen these before. I really liked the magic system here where, so we also get to meet Lintal, Lintal Reed, who's Numer's former teacher. Oh, yeah. Old, wacky mage dude. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, so he's explaining how the dinosaur skeletons were assembled. And it's like bard magic where they play a flute and the bones, like, sing to each other and come together. They- I skipped past that. That's so cute. Yep. <laughs> Thought that was a nice touch. Well, Yeah. I'm also imagining Animal Crossing, the neighborhood one, where you can find fossils and they make little, like, bone fossil dinosaurs in the museum and you can look at them and... Oh, yeah. I am I played Animal Crossing during COVID. Okay, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, okay. So, like, it's been a couple years, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. It's just a little, like, you know, museum full of dinosaurs. Because they also have the butterfly exhibit, too. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. basically, Animal Crossing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So she takes a tour of the city with the prince and she sees all these cool things. And then there is another banquet that happens. This book is like punctuated by formal banquets, it seems like. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't remember what happens during this one. <laughs> uh, the Stormwings come visit. Oh, I do remember what happens in this one. Okay. Yeah. So at another formal dining event where Dane is like bashing on numerous girlfriend who he's like currently sleeping with in this book. Yeah. Like actively getting busy with. Yeah. Um. So Lord Rickash from Wolfspeaker, that Stormwing and King Jockum, other Stormwing. Sure. Um, <laughs> they like appear as part of like the dinner party and Dane's like well did you know that there's some storm wings that are like sitting in a cage in the back so and she- Rikash is like they're what yeah <laughs> uh, so like Dane tells Lord Rikash that privately because they have like this cute bantery style like he's not- like oh human you're not that bad but I still don't like you and she's like I still don't like you <laughs> but she reveals this and meanwhile like during the banquet, they're talking about the alliance with the Stormwings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I is this the part where he like finds out about that and then they go to Emperor Orzon and he's like, here is a feather. If you ever, you know, are in horrible circumstances and you need to fly away, stab yourself with it. And it's like, that feels loaded. And you will never <laughs> face the god of death or something like that. Yeah, it's like, mm, I have some well, questions. Dane <laughs> spies Lord Rickash having a conversation with the same weird servant lady she found in her quarters. Oh, they do talk. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the whole thing. And then, like, later on, Dane's like, hey, are you molting? I found a feather of yours. And, like, Lord Rickash, this dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but uh, please go give that feather to Emperor o- Ozorn for me as a gift. And so that happens. It feels so sus. Like, at the time, I was like, oh, like, 
That's interesting. Like, I wonder, he heard some, like, obviously questionable news, and now he's, like, giving them a gift. Like, I wonder if that's going to come back. And it does in a really horrible way. In the best way possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, good but bad. (laughs) Yeah. So that is, like, one of the highlights, I think, of the plot is is that development. And then, like, the next morning or probably a few mornings later, Dane's like, I'm going to sneak off and check on the birds to see how they're doing. And so she changes into a sparrow, like, and is just flying around the bird sanctuary. <laughs> and then she like sees the flock of birds ahead of her, like flying directly to Ozor. And she's like, oh, I'm a sparrow. He's going to know I don't belong here. So she goes and hides in a tree. And then she notices that it's not just Emperor Ozor. It's him and Numer. This part's freaky. Um, So I read this scene so many times as a kid. Like I flipped the chapter, saw the name of the chapter, which is like Strange Conversations. And it triggered oh, yeah. so many memories in me. I'm like... Why did I love this scene so much? And it is so gross. It's horrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to talk about this scene? I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ozor and Anuma are kind of having a little like tete-a-tete. Um, yeah. Like, but they're like beefing. Yeah. They they don't get along. And it turns out they were like friends kind of before Numer escaped Karthak. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ozorn is basically giving Numer shit. Be like, huh, so are you sleeping with her animals as well as her? Uh, talking about Dane. And Numer loses his shit and tries to punch like Ozorn in the face. Um, it doesn't work because he's a fucking mage. Yeah. And like, they're like a magical barrier. Also an emperor. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do, that. do that. Peace delegation. <laughs> yeah. Any of that. Y'all gave Dane so much shit. <laughs> yeah. And so like Numer stalks off after mm-hmm. this. And Dane's like in her little bird form like, huh, that oh, was. This is not good. It's not really good. And then. This it is, gets worse. <laughs> horrifying. Ozorn um, creates a copy of Numer and proceeds to. Like a mini baby small version, right? In his hand? No. And I, then he like... No, it's like a life-size version. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was life-size. Yeah, it's a life-size copy of Numer. And then he just beats the shit out of it while it's like screaming in pain. Oh, what the fuck? And then Dane's like, this is really bad. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> <And> she leaves. <laughs> wow. I just thought it was like... Now I'm kind of wondering like why... I don't know why you got that though. Because <laughs> I thought it was like a mini one in his hand and then he like smushed it really slowly as it was like screaming. that's an interesting take but no <laughs> there's just not good things like happening like a poly pocket version of <laughs> yeah. new Maryland. that's what I imagine just like a little like life size and he's just like he's gonna be ah. <laughs> sorry well, I don't know what's happening anymore <laughs> I don't know where I got that hmm. uh, fever dream yeah <laughs> Um, so that happens. Um, Dane's like, well, that's not the right behavior when you're <laughs> on a formal delegation. This so is going to come back to haunt us. Yeah. He, she, Alana's on this visit too, but she really has no formal role whatsoever. No. I feel like they're trying to make Alana like an older sister character for Dane, but she offers not really any advice. <laughs> yeah. There's like two points where Alana like interacts with Dane. And so Dane tells her about Numer losing his shit on Ozorn. And Alana's like, that fucking idiot. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like nothing comes out of it. Like she's like, yeah. And then like Dane finally has to, like later on has to pull, pull Numer aside and be like, hey, uh, buddy, I can bring dead things to life now. <laughs> but before she like does that, she's like, can we go talk in your room? And Alana says, oh, you can't go together by yourself because that's improper. It's like, what? <laughs> they were together, like, camping for, like, a month and a half. And now it's not okay? And I was like, I got some questions. Because, um, also, when do they go to the university? Um, mm-hmm. And they meet, uh, and they see the room, and there's, like, a body. body. I think it's a little bit later, but it's coming up. Yeah, it's, like, almost right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, nope, totally fine. like, there's a university scene in this for some reason. There, okay, so before we get to the university scene, there's one more part, which is also kind of icky, which they're on another dinner party or boat mm-hmm. thing, and, like, Dane and the prince are having, like, a nice little one-on-one conversation, and they're bonding, mm-hmm. and she's realizing he's not just, like, a painted gold pretty boy. Oh, I know where this is going. And Numer, like, out of nowhere, strides up, sits at their table, and he's like, hey, but... Uh, aren't you getting married soon? You can't be like messing around with my girl here. Yeah, because I kind of felt icky about it. I was like, they've been hanging out like fine this whole time. And like, why did you have to assume that they're like being like weird? And like, also you're making things so awkward. It was very <laughs> awkward. But Numer's like basically warrants the prince away from Dane. After like everyone was encouraging the prince and Dane to spend time together. Yeah. 
Don't love it. No, this no. is this is the beginnings of the weirdness mm-hmm. between Numer and Dane. There's like dashes of it throughout this book. And yeah. each time you're like, that feels weird. Yeah. And then you go back to normal. And then it like comes again and you're like, is this going? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking before we off page mm-hmm. um, about how gender neutral the prince is portrayed as. And yeah. Like, he's not even like like a male character to Dane. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of this royal entity. Yeah, because I got kind of like fun flirty vibes where it's like, we're friends, but like also like we're not really friends, but like we're friends and like we're going to make jokes and like I'm going to tease you a little bit like older, like slightly older, like son of your parents' friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like you guys are shucked together because you're the same age ish, but he's like a little bit older and it's like, yeah kid. But Dane like never like observes him in a like romantic way, which- Mm -mm. That's what you would expect. Yeah. Which annoyed me because I assumed that this was going to be the romantic interest for Dane. Mm-hmm. And then apparently not. Nope. <laughs> no. Well, soon after this is where they go to the university. Because mm-hmm. uh, the prince is studying there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And I think he likes the Lithral Lindhall. There we go. <laughs> Aren't they like friends? Yeah. So there's like this weird kind of dynamic, like weird in a good way. Yeah. Uh, where the prince is like involved with the university and seems to be more less showy um, gold paint than he appears to be. Yeah. Because isn't his like magic study like agriculture? Yeah. Or something? <laughs> he can grow plants. He's that. a gardener. He's the gardener of the mage world. Because <laughs> he like kind of reveals to Dane, I thought, in some conversation where he's like, yeah. I mean, my uncle, the emperor, is like all like battle mage or whatever, and like I just I grow agriculture work. <laughs> yeah, it's like I that is such a like university specific. Like I'm getting my advanced degree in botany. Yep, <laughs> it's oh, cute though. It was refreshing. So they have like a little like Numer, the prince, and Lintel and Dane all like meet up in Lintel's office, and they're talking about like magical stuff and mm-hmm. like. She brings a little skeleton bird to life. I love him because isn't his name like Kooky Bones or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just alive forever. <laughs> yeah. And there's a little, this is where she sees like this shady body thing. Yeah. Like in a closet covered in a shroud. I also love the fact that Dane's like, that's weird. And then goes about her business. Yes. It's like she she notices things and then he promptly forgets everything. <laughs> I know. It's like, you just saw a dead body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who apparently is not actually a dead body, but like kind of a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Keep that in your pocket too, because that's going to come back gonna... uh, later. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then not a whole heck of a lot happens. Like she meets, like you get a lot of cultural immersion throughout mm-hmm. this book where she meets like animal handlers that are a specific tribe from a different region in the, on the continent or something like that. Oh, yeah. I feel like I had their name in my head and then I lost it. I, for some reason, I was picturing. Um, like Aborigines. Yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah, but they all have like a specific animal that they're bonded to and they have the same type of wild magic that Dane does mm-hmm. and like they see Dane and like, oh, you're a god. And Dane's like, I'm not a god. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're ruining the dinner party. <laughs> so there's like little bits and pieces like that where she starts interacting with like the population and seeing how the slaves are treated and it's like, it just all seems to kind of go over her head a little bit. Yeah. There's she's just vibing. Yeah. It's like, um, maybe not just vibe. <laughs> There's like a token scene where she's like competitive with the boys at the university, the training yards or something, where she oh, like yeah. outshoots them. Ugh. Okay, so that part was like a little bit cringy because it's just that quintessential like, uh, I'm going to write in male-female dynamics where like they don't respect her because she's a woman, but then she does something really impressive and then all of a sudden she's worth something. It's like, how about you just like respect her because she's like a woman? <laughs> also, also, I didn't appreciate that they had to give her some sort of like warrior battle trope. Yeah. Like Dane's thing is the animals. Yeah. Like she doesn't need to like be a fantastic archer or a swordsman or anything nope. like that. Nope. Yeah. That irritated me. Yeah. Too, that was like. Why? It was like a token insert, like, oh, for all the girls that like the battle-y stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's, no. Um, So I think the next thing that really happens is, like, Dane is invited, or no, Dane goes to the bird sanctuary again, and this is where we get the reveal. Oh. <laughs> Dude. So she realizes the birds have gotten sick again, and she's like, what the fuck, man? Like, I fixed you already. What is going on again? 
And then she realizes why because she talks to the birds and what do they say? I love mm. this. She's like conversing with the birds and she's like, have you guys been getting like rotten food or something? And they're like, no, I mean, the food's pretty good. Like they always have these like after meal treats, though. And she's like, after meal treats? And she's like, yeah, it's like super shiny, like greens shit. And she's like, can you show me? <laughs> and they have been eating the like lead enamel on these like decorative things on the outside. So they've been like poisoning themselves with lead. Yeah. That, that's the entire <laughs> plot development of these sick ass birds is they've been eating lead paint. That's it. That's all. You can tell Tamora Pierce has animals, though, because this is 100 fucking percent. Like, you spend like $9,000 getting some kind of surgery, like diagnostic, and they're like, I really don't know what's wrong with your animal. And then it's like they've just been eating like fluff from stuffed animals or like from the inside of your couch. Yeah. And it's like, why? I just love the fact that they're so like happy about it. They're like, it tastes kind of gross, but we're still eating it because it's fun. And it's yeah. like, Such an animal move. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then Ozorn appears. He's like, oh, thanks for fixing my birds. She's like, just tell them not to eat the paint anymore. And then <laughs> he's like, what? I'm just paint, paint it over. It'll be fine. I brought this whole peace delegation just to find out. Yep. <laughs> and so he's like, well, well, let's get you cleaned up and we can have breakfast together. And so they start having breakfast together and uh, he fucking poisons her. Yeah, she immediately passes out. Yeah. But not before he reveals his evil plan in its entirety. <laughs> like, he breaks the whole thing down, which is, um, I'm going to pretend that Dane ran away. Um, meanwhile, I'm going to keep her locked up so she can be an empress one day and heal all my animals. Um, and then we're going to kick the entire Tortalan peace delegation out of the country so I can have a war. And then everything's going to be fine. Yep. That's the emperor. <laughs> I love, like, when did that become a thing that, like, the evil person just, like, reveals, reveals. their plan? I don't know. James Bond? <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, let's arrest Numer Salmalin because uh, I don't like him and he pissed me <laughs> off when we were kids. So I'm going to execute him, too. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I forgot about that because he gets executed. Mm. <laughs> yep. Um. So uh, Dane, after passing out and hearing the evil plan, wakes up, loses her mind. This is, like, a full, like mental breakdown like she wakes up in like a windowless room yeah. and she's like i'm in a cage i'm in a cage i'm in a cage um she changes it to a bear yeah um and she's about to like kill people when the door opens and it's her little monkey riding a cheetah <laughs> <laughs> and the monkey's like i came here to save you and dane and bear form Rawr! <laughs> he's like oh my god <laughs> And then shortly after that, uh, the prince shows up with mm -hmm. um, Lintal, I think. I think no, it's... no, not Lintal. One of the slaves, I think, helps the prince. Uh, isn't it the animal people? Yeah, yeah. There's somebody helping Dane. <laughs> yeah, and the prince shows up, and he's like, "Hey, Dane, we got to get you out of here now." Um. Oh, by the way, I have some bad news. Um, your friend's dead. <laughs> Ew. They caught him sneaking into the city after they promised to leave, and they executed him yesterday. <laughs> and oops, I loved Dane's reaction because she just shuts down. No yeah. tears, nothing. She just processes it, and then everything goes cold, and all the animals start backing away from her. Yeah. I'm like, huh. She goes full psycho. Uh-huh. Like, everyone's terrified of her. But then she surprisingly goes into, like, planning mode because she immediately is like, tell everyone to leave because I am going to destroy this entire city. My reaction to learning that my, like, romantic interest slash teacher friend thing was executed would not be planning the destruction of an entire city. No. Like, I feel like that comes after, mm -hmm. you know? It's the, like, seven stages of grief or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I feel like she probably maybe should have, like, sat with that a little bit more. No, she's just like, I'm going to bring all of the dinosaurs to life, which is what she does. She sneaks <laughs> yeah. into the hollow bones and she's like, I'm going to use all of these as basically excavators. Yeah. And we're going to destroy the city. Yep. So she brings all of them to life. But doesn't she have some kind of, like, weird deal with the rat queen god? Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't have enough, like, wild magic to bring all of the dinosaurs to life. Fair. So mm -hmm. she... Makes a deal with the rats to, like, borrow their life force magic yeah. to basically bring the rest of the dinosaurs to life. And that's what they do. Yeah. Because, like, she makes the dogs and cats not hang out in the palace for one year so the rats can get really fat. And they're like, I guess that works for us. Seems like a good deal. We'll do it. It's fine. Because uh, did they give her 
their life power? Like, are there a bunch of, like, dead rat bodies? No, or? I think it's just, like, part of their, like, wild magic essence that oh. she could use. It was very convoluted and weird. Yeah, because I was like, how does that work? Like, are they all just giving a little bit? Or is, like, there a bunch of dead rats? <laughs> no, I don't know. Don't but love that. <laughs> it works. And so she sends, like, three teams of dinosaurs to go destroy the palace. And yeah. they do. Yeah. And they're, she's hunt like, she's riding a mammoth. Yeah. Throughout the city, trying to find Ozorn because she's going to kill him. Yeah. Um, and they can't quite, like, chase him down. They're, like... They're close. Yeah. Like, this whole scene is, like, just as bad as when she's hunting Yolene or whatever yeah. in the last one. Like, she, like, smells their fear throughout the animals. Yeah, and, like, like, his shoes are destroyed and he's got bloody feet and he's, he's, like, trying to just make his escape. You kind of feel bad for the emperor a little bit. Yeah, because he's being, like, hunted down by a bunch of giant dinosaurs, like... Yeah, um, but she can't quite catch him. And then she meets up with the hyenas, which we didn't talk about before, but the hyenas in the menagerie were like the only animal group that was like not really well taken care of. And that's because Ozorn has like a prophecy about him being eaten by hyenas or something like that. Which uh, <laughs> turns out to be <laughs> a little fitting. <laughs> and the hyenas are kind of like ominous. They're psychotic. Yeah. And she's like, but Dane's reaction to the hyenas, like, oh, they're so pretty. I, yeah, because I, this whole thing was weird because she like checks in with each of the animals at the menagerie and they're like, we're happy. We're just like hanging out. And then she like meets the hyenas and they're like, human, I smell fear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Which her reaction though is just like, these are cool animals. Wow. Yeah. You guys are like strong. You have like the like, best <laughs> sense of smell in the world. And so she turns into a fucking hyena. And uh, makes a deal with the hyena, like, queen, and they hunt Ozorn down, and they track him down, and he's, like, quivering in fear. Fair. Hyenas are not the nope. animal. You don't want to fuck with those things. No. But, like, they chase him down to, like, the immortal menagerie, mm -hmm. and, like, the Stormwing couple royalty are, like, in the background, like, clutching their cages, like, ha, ha, ha it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Dane starts, like, throwing her, her hyena body at the uh, emperor, and then a magical barrier appears around the emperor and kicks her back, and she keeps throwing herself at it, and then she hears... Like, this voice behind her shout no, and, like, it triggers a memory, but she's like, I don't know what that is, but, like, I'm going to kill this bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's gotten, like, full animal at this point. Yeah, she's, like, mad. She's heartbroken mm -hmm. over Numer. Um, and so um, Ozorn is, like, at his wit's end, and he takes out the mysterious Stormwing Feather and stabs his arm with it. And bam. All of the animals are released from their cages. <laughs> uh, yep, because now Ozorn is a Stormwing. I love this part, but also, how did my man's not know <laughs> that, you like, mean, a university-educated battle mage who is an emperor of an entire nation, yeah, makes a deal with an immortal creature and just rolls with it it's like not even a deal because like he knew that he bamboozled all the storm wings uh -huh. and was lying to them and he just like thought that this was gonna turn out okay well come to find out it doesn't <laughs> yeah. because like my guy <laughs> an immortal cannot rule over a mortal kingdom mm -hmm. and he's like doesn't have any of his human magic anymore mm -hmm. so all this magic goes poof and then they're surrounded by killer unicorns yeah and <laughs> like lord rickash the storm he's like hello my pretty <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. but it is kind of like meh because they're like we're gonna punish him according to Stormwing justice and it's like i mean i'm down with that but i feel like it's probably not gonna happen right now and then we're gonna get a fourth book and like whoa we did yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so lord rikash like after like shepherding ozorn the Stormwing way like says to dane in hyena form like you might look around you know it's not quite as bad as you thought and so she turns around and then she sees the prince and then she sees numar and like she immediately turns into a naked human yeah, because that was the other part that's, like, kind of yucky about this whole thing is, like, she's always naked afterwards and, mm -hmm. like, ew. The hyenas strategically group around her because animals care about that shit. Yeah. No. They're probably, like, you don't have any fur, man. Like, you're, you're like a naked gross. mole rat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep eating all of these, like. <laughs> yep. But um, she's in, like, full denial because she sees Numer. She's like, you're just, like, a copy of him. Like, this isn't real. And so she's, like, it's kind of heartbreaking a little bit, yeah. the way she reacts. And Numer is like, it's me, sweetheart. I promise. And that felt a little gross because yep. he's, like, yep. he goes from calling her Magelet to, like, calling her sweetheart, basically. Yep. 
Also, she's naked. Like, he's naked. Like, he <laughs> throws her his cloak and then, like, scoops her up into his arms. It's like, mm, mm, and it's like this reunion thing, and she's just crying and everything's fine. Then the mysterious servant woman appears. It's the graveyard hag who's, like, the queen goddess of this empire. She makes a deal with the prince. Everything's hunky-dory. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's the book. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the graveyard mage because, or graveyard hag, because we didn't talk about her, but apparently she's like the like gross, skulky, kind of yucky, grimy goddess of the like godlands. And like her creatures are rats and hyenas. Like, <sighs> and she like was apparently like the god for the emperor mage and they were best buds. But then he got all cocky and he's like, I don't need gods. And she's like, I'm going to eventually hurt you. And then she came back and she's like, I'm going to have my rats like take over this whole entire town. And then she was the one that gave Dane the power to make dinosaurs people. And yep. <laughs> well, that's a whole subplot we didn't really get into. But yeah, yeah, like basically the empire is crumbling too to famine and drought and stuff. And it's because like the graveyard hag, who is like the patron goddess, was like, you guys aren't giving me tributes anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Sure would be a shame if uh, it didn't rain <laughs> for a century. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, honey. <laughs> yeah, she's she's big mad. Yeah. But she like she tells the prince, hey, handsome, like you want to make a deal with me? And he does. <laughs> There's no way this will like go bad. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just funny, too, because like Dane like completely demolished this like giant palace and the prince is like. <clears throat> okay, so inheriting this like, you know, kingdom. Um we have famine and it hasn't rained in a long time and the palace is on fire. Oh, and, and I eventually have to free all the slaves because Dane has asked for that. Yeah. Like token thing. Uh-huh. And he's like, that's gonna cripple our economy. And also apparently um no rats will or like no cats and dogs will enter into the palace grounds for a year. So like gotta have like a rat problem coming up. Like everything is fine. I'm like 18. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. But he's like, okay, well I guess this is my my lot in life. And then like the Tortalans like sail off into the sunset and return home. Take me with you. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> that was um, what we consider the Immortal series. Yeah. Yep. We don't talk about the last one. Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really just like for like story wise, I feel like the only thing that really is like, whoa, is uh, Dane is technically like half God. Yeah. She meets her parents in the book in book four. She and Numa have a thing. They're, they're... No, 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 that didn't happen. I didn't happen. Never mind. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it's just her talking to her parents. That's all of book four. <laughs> I, I do want a caveat because um, while adult Jordan is like not a fan of how this developed, I loved that development so much as a kid. Interesting. Loved it. Because what do you think is like so appealing to of Numer is a character because like reading this as an adult I was like yeah mm, he's just like a weird kooky guy trying to remember my mindset like as a 12 13 yeah. year old I don't think it registers the age difference at all you just mm. Numer comes across as like the more mature handsome male figure that you want to be with but you just don't register it in the same dynamic as you would mm -hmm. as an adult reader at least that was my takeaway and I, I tend to think that at least my younger self felt older than mm, I was. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of probably readers are oh, like yeah. that, where you're like, oh, I'm 12, but I feel like I'm 35 on the inside. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, honey, you haven't even started paying bills. Because, <laughs> I mean, have you met a 12-year-old boy? Like, ew. <laughs> so. Honestly. Like, ugh. so like, on that note, like, I could see the appeal as a young reader, like, oh, you're not going to register how all the problematic elements of this relationship development. So I loved it adored it read those scenes over and over and over again as a kid mm. uh, as an adult totally recognize that this is not an appropriate mm. like relationship and no matter if it's fantasy or contemporary fiction it's just there are so many better choices because that's what i was confused by because like reading this only as an adult like haven't having not had read this there we go um when i was younger like there was no romantic underpinnings at all so like i was i'm still surprised that like that's where it goes because it just feels like a adult like mentor relationship. So it's just like weird to me that he just seems like a kooky uncle or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I like books. Like, you want to come be my mage assistant and I'll teach you magic? Like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it's just weird. Like, it's interesting how um, 
Not that it can be, like, misconceived because, like, she was intending for them to end up together. But, like, when you're in that age range, you're, like, looking for the love to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which is, like, also dangerous. Like, it should be a warning, maybe. Like Exactly. You know, 13, 14, 15-year-olds are probably, like, looking for someone to, like, recognize them and take care of them and, like, in a romantic lens because that's when you feel really alone and... That's probably when they can be taken advantage of by, you know, older people in their Ugh. life. <laughs> like, it's just so feel sad. I so icky. <laughs> I think Ugh. a lot of these issues could have just been solved by having Dane start the series at 15 or 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, it still doesn't fix it, but it makes it slightly less icky. Yeah. Or just bring Numer down five years. Yeah. Like, well, and age her up, I think, still, because, like, even you a 24-year-old with a 15-year-old is, like, yucky, yucky. The like the maturity difference between like a fifteen year old and a twenty year old, even though it's five years, massive. Mm-hmm. Like that alone is fine. You yeah, could, but no, because I mean, even if you left Dane the same age, because I feel like you probably need her to be a little bit younger for her to like make some of the decisions that she makes during this. Mm-hmm. Like, just make Numera like nineteen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's still kind of yucky, but like it puts him firmly into like the adult category that was so prevalent through these books. Yeah, um, while still being. A little bit more approachable. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even if Dane was still, like, 13, 14, if Numera was just, like, had just graduated university. You know what I mean? Like, it's still gross, but, like, at least they're not fucking 15 years apart and she's, like, a middle schooler. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. What are some similar books writing style to this that don't quite have the same problematic elements? I don't know, because I feel like Tamora Pierce kind of has, like, not, like, a unique writing style, but it's unique in how, like, clean it is. And I don't mean clean, like, romantically clean. I mean it, like, the writing style is clean. Like, it's, like, writing. It's very concise. Yeah. Like, there's no unnecessary Mm -hmm. anything. I I felt the same way reading the Alana series. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very just, like, dun-dun-dun-dun. But it's, like easy reading yeah. and, like, good. I read the afterword um, on Emperor Mage oh, where she uh-huh. was describing, like, her writing process. Hmm. Um, it's really interesting, actually. Well, she went to the zoo and she saw the animals there and, like, her inspiration for Ozorn was Ozzy Osbourne. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. So I guess when she was designing this character, I guess her husband advisor he needs to be more likable more relatable Uh, like he can be crazy and he can have evil intent but like he needs to be more dimensional yeah like she saw some sort of like music video (laughs) (laughs) and she's like oh that's my man right there i love that the like criteria was make him more likable and approachable (laughs) and she picked ozzy osborne right (laughs) i I love that. But <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of like her writing style. It's like she takes like visual inspiration mm. like from the world around her. Like she went to the zoo and she went to the Natural History Museum and she saw this thing on TV. And so she's translating what she's seeing. Um, so maybe that's part of what makes her like writing so, one, so easy to visualize mm. and two, so easy to follow. Yeah. I could see that. That's interesting. Because hmm. I I really struggle to find, like, another series that is similar in her writing style or even her, like, approach to a story almost. Yeah. Because it just feels so, like, this is how stories are written. Like, this is... It's very natural. It flows. Like, I read Emperor Mage in, like, three hours. Yeah. Like, you just start and finish it, and it's super digestible. Yeah. Like, it's... I think it's hard to find books like that that are digestible that you can immediately finish because we... I think we probably both immediately finished these. Mm-hmm. I still wouldn't classify them and are like stay up all night and read it no. uh-uh. or take it to the bathroom with you yeah <laughs> like, but it's like reading the newspaper almost or a magazine where it's just like yep oh, boop boop yep got the whole story in my brain yeah <laughs> like if you could plug your kindle into your brain yeah. and just digest the the words that way yeah yep honestly because uh even some of the books that i've read that are like more because thorn Kind of has a similar. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. But even Thorn is, like, a little bit different. Like, I don't know. I I don't think I can quantify the difference, but, like, Thorn feels more fairy tale Yeah. And then this feels, like, more, like, YA. There's definitely some more, like, childish word choice. Like, mm-hmm. it's the vocabulary is a little bit, I don't want to say dumbed down, but simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, And some of, there's some, like, modernisms in the dialogue that, like, uh not awful, but yeah. like definitely something like a kid would recognize. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you were looking for something like aged up in all of 
uh, the like concepts are a little bit more like not convoluted, but like advanced. Mm -hmm. I feel like Naomi Novik is pretty close. Yeah. Same brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Because like uprooted by her uh, spinning silver. Mm -hmm. They're like fairy tale esque. But like if you were approaching fairy tales as like a 20, 21 year old, Mm -hmm. maybe. I'd say, well, I don't think you you haven't read Patricia C. Reed, right? I don't think so. She's another like older, older author. Uh, She did the Dealing with Dragon series, which is also like child YA books, but like same kind of pacing. Hmm. I feel like we've talked about her before and that's why it feels familiar. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Hmm. Because didn't Naomi Novik do like a dragon book too? She has like a series. Yeah, she's got like a... Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then if you want something like darker, I feel like V.E. Schwab mm-hmm. has like darker fairy tale, a little bit more like um, rough almost. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like a texture thing. Like that's like a black and white noir with like blood splatter on the wall is like V.E. Schwab. And then Naomi Novik is like, what do 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 like fantasy yeah curly cursive letters and yeah. then Tamora Pierce is like you know Ariel <laughs> that, no that makes total sense yeah yeah I can, yeah. yeah yeah so those are similar esque so our final like rating on these books I'm glad I read them because I feel like it kind of like reminds you of like a better time you know YA where everything was simple. But um, I'm going to pretend like the fourth one doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd want, like, my kids or younger siblings to read it. Like, if they were in that age, like, this is something I would point them to instead of some of the, like, crazy shit that they're trying to advertise for YA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely the cleaner option. Mm -hmm. But maybe maybe a different series by Tamara Pierce rather than this one. I feel like the Alana one is a good one to, Mm -hmm. like, especially for, like, younger girls. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, fuck, Gender norms. I'm going to be a knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Alana. Yeah. Good we stuff. did it. We did it. Nick, and our next book is Cruel Beauty by uh, Rosamund Hodge. Yes. A Beauty and the Beast retelling. Yeah. And, and she a, has another book coming out in like a month or two, Ooh. which we may or may not read. Yeah. If you're feeling froggy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've already read Cruel Beauty. Yeah. Because it's a little bit older, right? Uh, Cruel Beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because isn't there like a second one? There's a second one, but it's not the same characters. Okay. It's like same universe. Yeah. It's, I saw like two covers right next to each other that like were obviously together. It's not. Yeah. It's not as good. Uh. I did, I think I did read it, but Cruel Beauty like kind of stands on its own. Uh. And it's a Beauty and the Beast yep. retelling? Beauty and the Beast retelling set yeah. in like a Greco-Roman style setting. I... You bamboozled my brain because I heard Gecko and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this book is going to be about. <laughs> I didn't know it was like Roman setting. Yeah, they have like the Pantheon the oh involved. Yeah. I don't know what I thought this book was about. I, I've i read it and I didn't remember that until I like started reading it. <laughs> what um, the fuck? Yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah. it's good. But again, it's Rome, Greece adjacent, but the setting is like, 1800s so if like the empire i know it's like some of the style and technology and magic is like reminiscent of the 1800s in england Ah. except like we have like hera and um aphrodite what the actual fuck yeah for some reason i thought this was like a clean master of crows i think it's similar oh oh i think Uh, this is just back background (laughs) (laughs) interesting and for I have not read this book. Jordan has read this book. Yes, but I don't remember it. So we'll oh. just go with the <laughs> first gonna, yeah. be brand new for both yeah, of yeah. us. So this is a, I am not going to say raw dog, but I, I oh, said you it. said it. You said it, Katie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It. So if you want to read something for the first time with us, this is the book. Yep. Yeah. Because that's always an adventure. Yeah, I hope it's as good as I thought it was. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> that did not happen with these series. Okay. Yeah, so from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'. <laughs> <laughs>